What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. If this is your first episode, thanks for joining in and checking it out. Um, I do ask you guys to please make sure you leave the podcast a good little review. Leave it five stars. Maybe share it with some friends that you think might enjoy this content because that just kind of helps it grow. Also, if you don't follow me on social media, please do that. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, all those good places. Also, I have a YouTube channel. It's interesting now. I have had a YouTube channel for like two years, but I've had some new people uh, message me because they heard me on the podcast and and that's how they found me and they didn't even know I had a YouTube channel. So um, sorry if you already know I have a YouTube channel, but I'm, I'm plugging that here too, just because it's a different form of medium. Sometimes I have graphics and I have Uh, other visuals so you can see some of the topics I'm talking about on YouTube as well so check that stuff out but those are definitely the best ways to reach out if you guys have a question or kind of any types of uh, content that you guys want me to cover I have a couple of plans I've had some chats with some people that have messaged me here recently so I have plans to do future episodes on those but today I want to talk about this idea of tapping and telling. (laughs) So this is an interesting topic. Um, And the reason why it kind of came to my brain was because one of my students in my online coaching program had sent me a message and was telling me that he had had this great success and this win. And, you know, there was a really tough guy in his training room that he really respected and admired. And, you know, it's usually a pretty back and forth. And he even admitted that a lot of times he's on the, the losing end of that. But this time he was able to kind of battle this person off and he actually ended up tapping this person. And I think it was one of the first times. And so he shot me a message and was like, man, I'm so excited. Um, you know, I was able to tap this person and da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, he was like, you know, I don't want to go around my gym telling people that, but I feel like, you know, I don't have a problem telling you. And so I kind of wanted to talk about that concept about tapping and telling and I guess the etiquette rules or or my thought processes on that and um, I guess what you should do. So the thing is, is like when usually people say like what happens in the training room stays in the training room or tapping and telling or or whatever you want to call it, rolling and telling um, is the idea that a lot of times like in training that people are going to be not on their A game per se. Let's just put it in this way. And so like if you go around like telling everybody in the gym, oh, I tapped this person or, you know, you go to Walmart and you're telling everybody that you tapped that person and you just kind of tell everybody, tell like your dog, like how much you tap that person and just all that mindset, then, you know, you're, you're kind of missing the whole point of, of training where people are going to be putting themselves in bad positions, hopefully, and they're not giving you their A game and, you know, they're trying to work on things. And so you caught them because they weren't putting on their A game. And now it's kind of you not having a true introspective scope of yourself. And also a lot of times it's just because a guy doesn't want to get his ego hurt. You know, the person that got tapped also doesn't want to, you know, have that reputation around the gym that this other person beat them. And it's like, it breeds like a competition. And I definitely think competition is good. I think, I think there's a place for it, but that's kind of the idea of where tapping and telling comes from or kind of gets discouraged is just because it's like this idea about people are training and you know people are going to make mistakes in training and that doesn't 
be a good measure of their skill set, I guess. Like if you had to go and you guys had to compete one-on-one with both your A games, you know, that scenario may not happen. And so it's just, it's trying to keep the other person from, you know, feeling like they shouldn't be doing that or that they were exposed. And it's to kind of keep you humble as well. Now, I say that with, I actually think tapping and telling is a good thing, but hear me out. Wait, I'm going to talk about that more here in a second. But so the reason why tapping and telling I think is beneficial is because it's you acknowledging that you've actually made improvement. I think in jujitsu, it's such a long road. Like if we want to say like black belt is the end journey. And I know a lot of people say that, oh, well, I don't have any aspirations to be a black belt. I just want to be as good as I can. Okay. Well, do you plan on being in jujitsu forever or for a long time? Then if you do, then the black belt will come passively. So we're going to say black belt. So please don't give me that argument. It's black belt. Okay. So as you're going to becoming a black belt, you are going it's it's such a long journey that you're going to experience way more losses or failures or just things that you feel so confused and in the chaos about than you do wins things that you just know that you did right and for a long time and so there's a moment in your jiu-jitsu career that i think is extremely powerful and transformation for transformationable or transforming whatever you want to call it i don't know if that's a real word transforming that happens whenever you start to recognize more successes than losses. And the reason why that's so powerful is because you've spent probably the last three to five years per se of being on the other end of being smashed and not realizing and thinking like, man, am I actually even getting better? I've learned all these moves and you know, I try them on people and they're not working. But then when you actually start seeing openings, when you actually start dealing out some of the tactics that you've been training so hard for and you start to see it that's a powerful moment in your jiu-jitsu career and so to downplay that i think is a disservice to yourself now let me be very clear when i say tapping and telling i i I don't encourage going to like i said walmart or telling everybody at the gym but you should be able to find somebody who you can tell whether that is your main coach or a person, I don't know, online, like I said, this is my online student that told me this, or you have a buddy in the gym that you know is not going to like go and tell rumors and start like being like, oh, so-and-so told trash because, you know, that's like high school stuff and that's how rumors get spread and all that thing. But you need to acknowledge your successes. So I think tapping and telling is good as long as it's obviously to the right people and under the right context. So like my student, I, in my online program, I really encourage my students to let me know whenever that happens. They post it in our private community and they can tell me, they can email me because I'm in their corner. As a coach, I'm in their corner and I'm trying to support them and I want them to see how much progressing that they're making. I think so much in jujitsu, we get caught up in like, how many techniques do I know? How well do I roll against this person? How well do I roll against that person? Yada, 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 all of that stuff. But really, you're progressing every day. If you're like on the mat, at least trying, you're progressing. But a lot of times it takes time to see that. And because you don't see it, it's not giant gaps every day. It's not giant gross every day. So whenever you could start to recognize that you're actually progressing 
you need to keep that at the forefront of your brain because that's what keeps you motivated. Now, some people accomplish that with tournaments. If you go to a tournament and you just start, you did absolutely awful and now you're like competing for the gold every time, that's a way to kind of see that. But if you're like a hobbyist, which is what 99% of people are, people who don't compete super seriously like every weekend, people who maybe do a tournament once a year or a couple times a year or whatever and they're just in it for fun, it's, it's harder to see those metrics and it's hard to see that. So you absolutely need to find somebody and confine in somebody that you trust to be like, man, you know, just like my student did, man, this guy's really tough, but I was able to tap him and I felt like I did really good, you know, and you can share that and have someone not say like, hey, shut up, don't say that stuff. Because I remember a story that I actually did that. I was, there was a student that, you know, was an upper belt was, I think he, I was a blue belt and he was like a brown belt and I had came to him and and I had a really good training session. And, you know, I gave this other blue belt who was a little bit more skilled than me, kind of a run for his money. And I went to the brown belt because we were like training or doing something. And I was like, man, I thought it was great that, you know, I gave so-and-so a run for his money. I almost caught him X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. And like, you know, it just made me feel like I was improving. And I, I felt like I was pretty humble about it. It wasn't like I was trying to brag. It was more of like just trying to express, you know, the positive thing that I had done. And he was like, yeah, he was like, don't get too caught up in it. He was like, he probably was just letting you work that. And then just kind of like walked off. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I understood the point because on both sides, he was trying to employ the tap and tell and be like, stay humble and all that stuff. But it was just kind of the way that he did it. And then that had me questioning like, oh, am I not supposed to say that stuff? Or am I not supposed to do that? And this is kind of a common trap jujitsu people kind of fall into or students fall into. There's these arbitrary rules and these kind of mindsets that you're supposed to have and things that you're not supposed to do that are unwritten. There's no jujitsu Bible anywhere that tells you like the code and the conduct and all of those things. So um, to just reiterate all this, tapping and telling, I think is a good thing for you personally, um, whether you can find somebody you can confine in and really a good person would be like your spouse or your significant other. Like if you're, if they don't have a dog in the fight and they're not training at the gym that you're training at. Now, if your spouse or significant other trains at the gym, then may, may, maybe not because hopefully they don't want throw you under the bus, but you never know. Um, but like my wife, for example, she doesn't do anything with jujitsu. She thinks I'm weird for doing jujitsu. I've done it the entire time we've been together. You know, she thinks it's weird that people pay me money to roll around on the ground with them. Um, but and regardless, anytime that I have kind of a win, I'll tell her that. And she'll be like, man, and she'll be like, oh, that's cool. Da, da, da. And it just like feels good to tell somebody that I know is not going to, um, you know, make me feel bad about it or. Uh, you know, tell somebody else and take it out of context because I think context is the big thing. And I think that's the problem with the tapping and telling is that if you, you know, brag about it to everybody in the gym or you go around saying, even if your intent wasn't bad, the context can be taken out of place. You know, someone didn't hear the full story. Someone didn't hear the inflection of your voice. Someone didn't hear all the positive things you said about that person in the beginning. So you've got to find somebody that you trust to be able to do it. Now, if you don't have anybody to trust, then, you know, make a journal, like write it down in your diary, you know, have a jujitsu diary. Um, if, if you are into making videos, do like a video diary and tell 
and tell exactly um, what you felt like you improved on and, and what exactly happened. I think all that stuff is important, but if you're not acknowledging your wins and if you're not acknowledging the successes you're having, then you're doing yourself a, a disservice because that either means two things. One, means you're not training hard enough and you're, or you're not training at all, so there's no wins being accomplished or you're just not stepping back and enjoying the moment and seeing the progress because if you don't step back and see that progress then there's a lot of times you're going to quit in jiu-jitsu and i've seen i've literally taught thousands of, i've been teaching jiu-jitsu for 14 years and i've seen i've probably taught thousands of students at this point and i've seen thousands of them quit and you know they all quit for different reasons but i've gone back and talked to a lot of them and, and old numbers that i've dug up and I've talked to people online and a big, big, big reason is because people just didn't feel like they were progressing. They didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. They didn't know how to acknowledge like their success. They weren't sure if what they were doing was correct. It was weird. It was kind of like a bunch of arbitrary metrics that no one ever talks about. And people just say, show up on the mat and good things will happen. Yeah, they will. But you have to have benchmarks and you have to have different things to realize that progression is happening because unless you're a psychopath like me that just kept running their head into a brick wall, that's very challenging to do. And it takes a very interesting person and I'm weird and I can acknowledge that I'm strange. So I kept doing that. So my mission is to kind of help people not have the same struggles as I did. And some people will be like, well, that's just what it is. If you, if you can go through those struggles then you deserve to be a black belt, if you can't get out of the way. And I just don't think that's a good answer. I think you can still pass quality information and help people have an easier time and still keep the quality high. I just, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. If that was the case, you know, learning, learning tactics wouldn't improve over time and we'd still be doing things, you know, back in the olden days. Anyway, that's it for this podcast. I appreciate you guys checking in and, uh, listening to this episode. So quick little plug again, make sure you guys go check out my YouTube channel. Also make sure, you know, you guys are leaving this podcast five stars leaving me a nice review. Also hit me up on any kind of uh, social media for future questions. And until next time, I'll see you guys later.